This is Missioning, Global Interactions podcast and a space to explore all things mission. Hello, welcome to Missioning. I'm Solari, and I love hearing stories where multiple people have contributed towards somebody's faith journey. For me personally, I had small group leaders, youth pastors, and incredible preachers to encourage me in my journey. I wonder who's made an impact on your faith journey. Our guest today is an intercultural worker amongst the K people of the Silk Road area with his wife and young family. They are currently in Australia and keen to return as soon as the door opens again. Ben and Petra are passionate about seeing the K people meet and follow Jesus within their own culture and community. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Ben, you arrived in Australia as planned for your home assignment last year, but you weren't planning to still be here. What's it been like? How have you and Petra dealt with the uncertainty of this season? Uh, it really depends on the day, I think. Uh, some days it's, it's really nice to be back in Australia with our family and with our friends. There's other days where it's, it's really hard because our heart is on the Silk Road and that's, that's where we believe God wants us to be. So um, we say that it's really exciting when you are where God wants you to be and we believe that's the Silk Road. So it is hard on other days to be here. Now, what have you loved about being back in Townsville this year and what do you miss about your life in the Silk Road area? It's really exciting to be back here with family. It's been lovely watching our boys get to know their grandparents. So my mum lives in Townsville and Petra's parents live in Townsville as well. And it's been really exciting getting them, getting to see them growing in their relationship with each other. Um, but it's also been really nice just to be able to take a step back. Um, we recently were able to have a family holiday and we were able to show our boys some of the places that we really loved when we were when we were kids. So that that's really fun. Um, and in terms of what we miss about our life on the Silk Road, a lot of it's to do with the people. Um, the the K people are a lot of fun to be around. They, they've got a bit of an Australian sense of humour where they don't mind taking the Mickey out of each other, and it's really fun to be a part of that. Uh, we miss the cultural events. Our boys often talk about. Uh, the the New Year celebrations, um, setting off fireworks in the backyard, all those sorts of things that we just can't do in Australia. So they're some of the things, I guess, that we miss. Looking back on your first three years in the Silk Road area, what's one key thing that God was teaching you? Mm, I think one of the key things that God was teaching me was I, I started to learn more about the gospel, um, the good news of Jesus. I went to the Silk Road with a very um, clear understanding in my mind of what it meant for Jesus to die for me. And that came from my cultural background of thinking about guilt and thinking about innocence and being made innocent before God because of Jesus. And something that God taught me while I was on the Silk Road was that there's other dimensions to that. And one of those key ones for me was understanding the importance of shame and honour in the K culture, but also the fact that that is apparent in Australian culture as well. And the good news of Jesus is that it's his death and his resurrection speaks into that culture as well. And so I could understand how Jesus removes shame, how he restores me to a position of honour, 
uh, a position in his family. And just the community aspect of that was something that was really transforming for me in our first term. Wow. It does sound transforming. And and what an incredible uh, transformation for you, but also a deeper understanding of, of the word of God in that. Ben, you and Petra and your two sons have been living and serving in the Silk Road. Have you got an inspiring story about a key relationship you've been building that you can share with us? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to tell you about my friend, Mrs. K. Uh, Mrs. K has been a friend of our company of Global Interaction for as long as we've worked on the Silk Road. And interestingly, she's been watching all of our former team members and fondly remembers many of them. And she has all sorts of interesting anecdotes that she tells us about whether it's language or eating or different things like that, which is a little bit worrying for me because I do wonder what she'll say about me in the future. Um, But I guess because she's known our organisation for so long, She's seen what it means to be a follower of Jesus and not just to say it, but to live it. And she speaks about one of our former team leaders who she was really challenged by in the way that he modelled humility. She told me about a time when she was at their house and she noticed that he was in the kitchen washing the dishes, which in the local culture is just incredible because a man would never wash the dishes let alone someone who she knew was the team leader. Uh, And so she has been able to see what it means to follow Jesus um, over this period of time. Um, I guess Mrs. K has been really important to me and to our family because she's the person who has helped us with our language uh, and she's the person who was the first one to invite us to different cultural events that were happening uh, around us. Uh, I guess one of the key events that we were invited to early on was a memorial service for her husband's 10-year death. Uh, So on the Silk Road, you have a memorial service after 10 days, after 30 days, after one year, and after 10 years. And so she invited us to this memorial service. We'd been on the Silk Road for about one month, and so we had absolutely no idea what was happening. Uh, We were in a room with about 500 people sitting at a table with about 20 people. And one of them spoke a very small amount of English. And so it made for a very interesting um, experience as we tried to work out when we were allowed to be talking, when we weren't meant to be talking, when we were meant to be standing, when we were allowed to eat and all all those sorts of things. Um, But it it was really encouraging for us to be included so early on in that way. So what did you find interesting about the cultural events you attended? Yeah, food, lots of food. I mean, the (laughs) the K people celebrate big. They don't do things small. So if you're having a wedding, you have 500 people come or 1,000 people come. Uh, When you have a New Year's celebration, it's a big party in the town. And I think what stands out with that is everywhere you go, there is food and there is enough food for as many guests as will come because you don't know who's going to come. Um, But just because there's lots of food, it doesn't always mean that it is palatable to a Western taste, (laughs) I guess. Uh, For the New Year celebration, 
we went to Mrs. K's house one year and she'd prepared, it's called uh, Koji soup, which is a celebration of the new year with seven specific ingredients that are left over from winter, uh, including things like meat, grains and fermented milk. And so I think she must have noticed the look on my face when I ate it the first year because the next year she very kindly prepared two servings of this soup, one with the fermented milk and one without the milk, which I was most (laughs) grateful for. Did it taste nice? I still struggled, I will be honest, but (laughs) Petra gave me a kick under the table and told me to get it down. Uh, she was so thoughtful to make you the unfermented milk version. Precisely. Oh, that's incredible. Has uh, your palate changed uh, over the years? I am more capable, I think, than I was when when I first arrived, yes. Brilliant. So what does your sharing your faith in context look like for you? Have you or Petra had opportunities to go deeper with Mrs K? Mm, that's a good question. I think... Because there was such a long relationship with Mrs. K and our organisation, we we were trying to work out what does it look like for us to share Jesus with her? What, What would be the most culturally appropriate way? And something that we wrestled with early on in our time was that Petra was keen to read a holy book with Mrs. K. The question in our mind, though, was would it be her holy book or our holy book? Uh, And it was something that we spent a lot of time thinking about, uh, a lot of time praying about and talking with our other team members about. And at the end of the day, we decided it didn't actually matter because our our God can communicate through whichever means he chooses to communicate. And so every Friday morning, um, Petra would go down to Mrs. K's house and some mornings they would read the Quran, other mornings they would read the Bible, And then sometimes they would read both and they'd compare them because there is some overlap between the two of them. And it was really exciting that over time, uh, Mrs. K started to see Jesus um, and she started to read the Quran through a biblical lens, if if you understand what I mean. And it came to the point where she was reading a particular surah one Friday morning And it talks about the way and that God will reveal the way. And she turned to Petra and said, you know, I think that way might be Jesus. And Petra said, you know what? I think you might be right. And so it was really exciting to see how God worked in that way. Wow, that's incredible. What a great breakthrough Uh, that her understanding of who is the way just... uh, was highlighted that's so great and did that change how she related to you yeah I mean the relationship was always strong um, but I think that there was a growing confidence then in in Jesus and the power of Jesus and it got to the point where she had um, her sister was really sick um, we were worried that she, she was going to pass away any any time and her and her sister visited a different uh, different uh, follower of Jesus, and he said that he would pray for them, pray for the sister, but only in the name of Jesus and only if they prayed with him. So her sister isn't a follower of Jesus, and 
this was this was quite a big ask but they committed to that but they also needed to invite other family members and other friends to also pray in the name of jesus and so we would be sitting down at lunchtime or at dinner time and we'd get a, a message or a phone call and we'd be told it's the time to pray now um, you need to pray for my sister in the name of jesus and so that's what we did for a period of time and she experienced what could only be described as a miraculous healing um, she's still alive today and we can only put that down to the fact that she was prayed for in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. I love that she had a call to prayer uh, <laughs> as uh, as uh, she was going through those just the dark times in supporting her sister. What a, what a joy and a privilege for you to be there for, for Mrs. K. And while you've been here in Oz, have you been able to connect with Mrs. K? Yeah, she is probably the key relationship that we've been able to maintain. And I say that because it goes both ways. Um, we send her messages or call her, but she also calls us or sends us messages out of the blue. And I think that it's really exciting that it's not just always us reaching out to someone, but that she sees mm. value in that. And it was really interesting that probably probably about two months ago, three months ago when we were talking, it was the first time when she was encouraging us not to come back to the Silk Road at that point in time. Previously, she had always been asking, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? But with yeah. uh, COVID-19 being quite a significant problem at that time on the Silk Road, she, she was worried about us and felt that it was better for us to stay in Australia at that point in time, um, but has now in a recent conversation, changed her tune again to, okay, when are you coming back now? So that that's pretty <laughs> encouraging for us. Yeah, absolutely. And and the the fact that uh, it shows that she cares and that she, uh, on one hand, don't come because <laughs> it's keeping you safe and now come because it's uh, she's missing you. Look, uh, Ben, how have you had to adapt to the culture there? Yeah, I mean... There's different things. So for us, the most obvious is learning language. Um, mm. it, it's interesting that the people on the Silk Road can all speak at least three languages. Uh, and I can barely speak one and I'm trying to learn a second. But at the same time, it's really important to do that because ultimately we want to be able to share the good news of Jesus using the K language because that's what communicates with their hearts. And so that, so we commit ourselves to doing that. And it, it is a humbling process, knowing that mm. to other adults, we sound like children because we just don't have the subtlety and the nuance in our language yet. Um, but it's important, and so we're committed to that. Uh, I think another way that I've had to adapt to the culture on the, on the Silk Road is just learning not to rush. Mm. Um, if we sit down for a meal somewhere, we're, we're going to be sitting down for a couple of hours and we'll probably drink seven or eight cups of tea in that period of time, which I'm a coffee drinker, so <laughs> that, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, but it's, it's important to just not rush. Uh, food is a time for friendship and family. And so that's been something that I've had to adapt to, but something that, um, uh, that I cherish, I guess. That's something that we can all learn from. I just love it. Food is a time for friendship and family. 
And I think in the current times, what we're experiencing, this is a time to, to, to lean into that. And, and how have your children transitioned and begun to relate with the friends they've made during your time there? That's been a really um, hard one for us, I think. So there are some other Australian kids and some other American kids that they've connected with and they look forward to going back to see them. But for both Bryce and Lachlan, we don't think that they saw the value of learning the K language when we were there, at least initially. They had Petra and I who could communicate and that was enough for them. But it was really interesting, probably in the last three to six months that we were on the Silk Road, um, particularly Bryce wanted to be able to communicate with people. And so he started to actually desire being able to use the language. And so that's something that we're hoping to build off. Uh, It does worry me a little bit because I suspect that part of the reason why he wants to learn the language is so that when we're at a cafe and a restaurant, he can order what he wants to order. Um, but if that's the motivation that gets him to learn the K language, I'm, I'm happy to allow it. He could be ordering the whole menu. <laughs> Love it. Ben, could you encourage us um, from your experiences to uh, step out into our local context from your global learnings to us? Give us some advice. I think the first thing for me is that uh, long-term relationships are key. Yeah. Mrs. K came to meet Jesus through the witness of 15 years of um, of intercultural workers. It didn't just happen. And, and people are really clever. They know when you have a hidden agenda. And so for Mrs. Mm-hmm. K, she saw our lives. She saw the lives of our teammates and she heard the message that we were communicating. And that is a whole package that that's necessary. Um, I think the other thing for me is just finding out what questions are people asking because Jesus is good news for all people at all times. But if we Mm -hmm. think that we have the answer to a question that people aren't asking, then they're not going to be interested in meeting him. And so that's, I guess, where I was getting at with learning about shame and honour is talking to K people about the fact that Jesus restores them to a position of honour is something that, that they desire and it is actually intriguing and, uh, and enticing for them because they live in a culture where shame is real. Um, they don't have a word for being embarrassed. The word is shamed. And so talking about someone who has experienced shame shame on the cross, but also has now experienced the highest honour being at the right hand of the Father is something that is meaningful to the K people. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Now, looking back over your time in the Silk Road area so far, are there any moments that jump out at you where you have completely misunderstood the culture? There's one particular instance that really stands out to me. So for the K people, for the K men, I should say, shaking hands is important. You always shake hands and it's always a two-handed handshake. And if your hands are dirty, then you offer your wrist or your elbow to shake because you must make that contact when you first meet someone. We were in our house in the city one morning and I went outside 
and and our neighbor was out there. He was washing his car. He's probably in his 50s or 60s, so he's older, which means that as a younger person, I needed to to initiate the welcome. So I walked over and and I and I greeted him and he put out his fist. And I thought, "Oh, that's that's strange. What what do I do here?" And then I had this debate in my mind, do I do I fist bump or do I not fist bump? And I was thinking, no, but he, he's a 50-year-old man. He doesn't want to fist bump, Ben. And I just, I, I froze. I didn't know what to do. And so it was sort of a half a fist bump, half a wrist tap. And he sort of looked at me strangely. And we, we went on our days. And it was only later on, as I was reflecting on this, I went, oh, Ben. He was offering his wrist because his hands were dirty from washing the car. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is brilliant. So what would you have done with your wrist? Is it like a crossover? What do you have to do? Well, if if his hands are dirty and my hands are clean, then I would just sort of grab his wrist. So I'd, I'd shake his wrist. Um, or if both of our hands were dirty, we'd probably do the COVID elbow tap. You were way ahead of your times there in, in the Silk Road. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so great. Are there any other stories that you could share with us from your cultural experiences? Yeah, there was a time when I was feeling really confident with my language, which is always a dangerous feeling to have because I went to the the bazaar, the local markets with uh, my younger son, Lachlan, and we were looking in in a little toy shop. It was a shipping container with toys, I should say. A toy shop's a bit extravagant. And I started talking with the shop owner and she asked me, what I thought she asked me was, who is your son's grandfather? And I said to her, well, I'm actually from Australia, so you're not going to know him. And then she asked again and I thought, no, you don't understand. I'm not from here. You're not going to know who his grandfather is. And it went backwards and forwards for probably a minute or so. And then I realized that the K word for grandfather is actually very similar to the K word for name. She wasn't asking who his grandfather was. She was just asking what his name was. And so for me, that was... Uh, a very helpful reminder that I still had a ways to go in learning the local language. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I think I could sit here all day listening to your incredible stories and they're very funny. And I think we can all, when we all have moments uh, where uh, we don't get it right and I just want to really encourage you um, as you continue to learn the language, as you continue to relate to the K people, uh, that uh, that we will be praying for you and uh, through your journey because it's not easy and I'm sure the road isn't easy for you at times, but we just want to encourage you in that. And thank you for all that you're doing and thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Alari. It was, it was a pleasure. What a great example of the value of relationships. Thank you, Ben, for joining us. If you want to explore mission or how to partner with intercultural workers like Ben and Petra, Get in touch with your local Global Interaction State team. We'd love to connect with you over a coffee. Head to www.globalinteraction.org.au forward slash podcast 
for resource links and more information. Thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Missioning and we can't wait to share another inspiring story with you next time.